Hey, guys, don't forget, April 23rd through the 28th, 2023, we'll be in Nashville, Tennessee for the second Street Cop Training Conference. You do not want to miss out on that. So far, we have some real big headliners on there. It'll be five days of transforming training in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benino. Today I'm going to be a very special guest. We're really excited to have you on. Mike, as I um, read more of your biography and, and really looked into you, I'm like, man, we're going to have a good conversation today because I got a funny feeling that we are very like-minded. So if you've never heard of him before, he's got a pretty formidable following on social media. It is Dr. Mike Simpson. And I'll let him give you the three-minute explanation of who he is and what he does and what he's accomplished. Uh, thanks, brother. Yeah, so uh, my my name's uh, Mike Simpson. I'm a doctor of emergency medicine uh, here in Central Texas. Um, I retired from the military in 2016. Uh, went into the military actually in 1984, probably before a lot of your listeners were even born. Including, um, well, I was born in '81. Okay, so you look you were great, three, dude. Were, by the way, we were the old. same age. Thanks. So yeah, I'm 56. And what, what's, fu- shit. what's what's funny is uh, <laughs> last night on the couch, uh, we were talking, I, I won't get into the, to the specifics, but we were talking about somebody else <clears throat> who uh, my, somebody in my family is associating with. And uh, they wanted to know if I knew this person. And, uh, and my wife said, well, he's 57. He's he's, so he's a lot older than you. And I looked at her, I said, Honey, I'm I'm 56, and she's like, somehow I completely forget because my my wife's 11 years younger than me. So she said, she said somehow I completely forget that you, that you're that old. She said I, I'm always thinking that we're, we're that we're right around the same age. <laughs> you know, do you ever hear something <clears throat> be said to having a younger wife to to like staying in that that younger mindset as well? I, I subscribe I, to that absolutely, and and yeah. it's and so and I know we're gonna get to this later, but. I, I wrote a book uh, called Honed, Finding Your Edge as a Man Over 40, and I dedicated the wife to my book. And I say in it, and people say, oh, it's very sweet, your dedication, but it's really true. I said, my life didn't really start until the day we met. And uh, you know, having a, a, a fresh outlook, uh, I, I don't really, I, I, I have friends that, that are my age and even older, but um, typically the people that I, that I, that I roll with, you know, my, my, trust, my posse or my tribe, um, they're all guys in their thirties or early forties, you know, and, and even going down into the, into their early twenties, you know, guys that I do jujitsu with guys that I work out with um, guys that I'm in the shoot house with as a, as a SWAT doc, you know, they're, they're all guys that are, they're a lot younger than me. It's awesome, dude. I, I, I 100% agree that you are really going to behave and feel in accordance with the people that you're spending time with in your social environments. And yep. there's this thing to be said, I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with this as a doctor and, a, and an author and all this uh, I'm sure you have uh, philanthropy in your in your bio as well. Um, people can look <clears throat> ten years older. Well, I'm sorry, there's ten year variables. So they can either look five years older or five years younger. Sure. Essentially, based on how you're living or how you're feeling, how you're behaving. Um, mm-hmm. I'm 40. I feel like when people ask, like, Dude, you look age, a, you like, look amazing. So thanks, I would have thought you were like 33, it. man. <laughs> I was fishing for a compliment there, Mike. So you fucking fit right into that shit. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, people say to me, like, especially in like a maybe a social setting, like. What are you like 27, 28? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's great. That's fucking that's good. So I yeah. try to really, as a matter of fact, uh, at this point in my life at 40, uh, putting a lot of thought into a lot of things and having different behaviors, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, no, that's, you know, uh, I, I started changing my behavior. You know, I, I literally, especially when it came to diet, when I was younger, I treated my body like a landfill. I really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of came around in my later years because I had to, and I, I wish I would have known then what I know now and, and would have uh, had more of an eye to longevity, uh, when it came to, you know, what I was putting into my body and how I was approaching working out. And I learned a lot of those lessons late. And that was one of the reasons I wrote the book is, you know, it's, I wrote the book for men over 40, but, uh, I've had readers, uh, as young as 26, uh, contact me and say, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to put this into practice. Now, you know, you talk about all the injuries that you have and how you had to learn things the hard way. And, and I, and I am going to try to benefit from your experience and, and your lessons learned so that, so that I can have even, even more longevity. And I think that that's really important. What is the name of the book and when did you write it? Uh, so the the name of the book is Honed: Finding Your Edge as a Man Over Forty. I I I I was writing it piecemeal for a long time and didn't even really realize it. I was writing it for years. You know, I have I have a, a podcast called Mind of the Warrior, and as you mentioned, I I've got a little bit of a social media presence. So I was getting a lot of emails. Hey, doc, uh, you know, I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about getting into jujitsu. You know, uh, I'm 48 years old and I've got these injuries. You know, what do you say to a guy like me? You know, hey doc, I just can't seem to lose ten pounds. Hey doc, I got lower back pain. Hey doc, I got these injuries, and uh, I'm having trouble sleeping. Uh, what supplements should I take? And I found out myself regurgitating a lot of this information in emails. And I said, you know, I really, I really, I feel like I've answered these questions so many times. I need to have a place to direct people if I can go here. Here's here's the answers to all your questions. But it still didn't quite click. And then during COVID. Uh, when I made the decision that I was going to go ahead and write a book and and talking to Tucker Max uh, from Scribe Publishing about what book I wanted to write, I actually had started to write a completely different book. And he said, uh, you know, hey, you know, we've had some conversations about health. You know, when first time I met you, you were talking about, you know, getting up every day and, and drinking 16 ounces of water and how important that is. He said, uh, that's goes in line with your life and lifestyle brand, Graybeard Performance. What have you ever thought about writing that book? And I, I realized, you know, I essentially already have written that book. And that's why actually writing the book didn't take me a lot of time because I just I had to go through some old emails, go through some old podcast episodes, go through information that I'd already researched. And I just put that together uh, into the book. And it's been very well received. I've been really happy with it. That's awesome. But it was, it was, it was published uh, August of last year. So. Yeah. So it's very purposeful to have a book yeah. like that. People can find a lot of value. And, you know, I, I'm, very much an educator, uh, or, or I shouldn't say that because I also am an edu- educator as well, but <laughs> I'm constantly educating. I'm in books nonstop, podcasts nonstop. Uh, a book that I recently picked up after hearing, and again, same space as you, it was a book by Mark Sissom. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Mark is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two Meals a Day, which literally the first three chapters changed my life. Mm-hmm. You know, don't eat processed foods, don't eat carbs, and stay away from sugars. Yeah. And I'm literally in the morning, I'm like, Look at this sexy motherfucker. Right? Like, look at look at this guy with no gut for the first time ever in his life at 40. So at 40, mm-hmm. I finally had this unlock of like, oh shit, I, I I can't eat carbs like this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's uh I've I've gone through periods where I've been on very strict low carb diets. And uh, you know, this is a debate that goes back and forth. Uh it's something that Mike Dolce and I have talked about, uh Max Lagavere and I and I have talked about. Um, it's, it's not, 
you know, it, knowing, you know, gl- things like the glycemic index, you know, whether you're eating basically good carbs or bad carbs is, yes. is kind of key. And, but you know, it, the, the big thing you said right out of the gate, I think is the most important is the processed food. And I, I tell people if, if somebody's handing it to you through your car window, that's not how nature intended you to live. So that's, that's probably now there are ways around that. You know, you can even here in Texas, you can go, you can get a, a good grilled chicken salad handed through your car window. But most of, you know, 90% of what somebody's going to hand you through your car window is, is not going to be what's good for you. And, and the, even the grocery store is filled with a lot of this, this processed food. You know, I, I was recently, um, I just spent uh, a little over five weeks over in Poland and Ukraine and the gro- grocery stores in Poland, uh, you, there's not prepackaged meat. You still have to wait in line at the butcher counter. There is no, I was looking for some stuff like some canned soups, you know, canned chili, non-existent. They, they don't have that, you know, b- boxed meals, things like that. They, d- they just don't have them. They do have processed cereals, you know, probably because, uh, you know, of kids and stuff like that. But, m- but the cereal aisle there is tiny. All of the, the, the processed food aisles that we have in the U.S., you know, with, with kits, you know, basically meals in a box and stuff like that, non-existent over there. The frozen food section over there is, uh, it looks nothing like the frozen food section at my local supermarket. It is tiny. You know, there's an entire, here at HEB, there's an entire aisle that you go down that's nothing but the frozen pizzas, right? Every different type of frozen pizza you can imagine. They had three different choices for frozen pizzas in in the in the the freezer section at the grocery store in Poland and this wasn't isolated to one grocery store I went to several grocery stores while I was over there uh in the immediate and that was another thing I noticed is they they do smaller grocery stores but more of them for an area instead of having one big central super grocery store uh it tends to be a lot of smaller stores in in, in neighborhoods you know so it's it's short driving distance or previously probably walking distance um, and like you say, you know, a, a real bakery section, a real butcher shop within the grocery store, not a lot of stuff in boxes and cans and in the freezer section. Interesting. And I just learned about when, uh, this quote unquote food sustainability processing, uh, came to fruition. I'm watching a program. Uh, I sound like an old man. Fuck my same program for series that I'm watching is, uh, the food that built America. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning. Have you have you seen that at History Channel yet? No, I'm going to check that out. That's, that's badass. So I don't think yeah. you still have, one of the people actually still has cable. Mm-hmm. I, I do. So if you get like the, you download the History app and then you find a friend who has a cable, uh, you know this might be illegal to do, but yeah. maybe somebody could log you in with their yeah. with their account and you can check it. It was very very good. It was very interesting to learn about. You know, essentially, I like the the marketing and all the stuff and the ideas behind it. How things pivoted today. I watched one on, oddly enough, uh, Swanson TV dinners. Mm. And then Stouffer's coming along and mm-hmm. where they pivoted, where they changed, how Swanson gave all this market share because of the microwave. Um, but the sustainability of that, all these foods came out in certain points, namely because of the modernization of, of cities, industrialization, mm-hmm. because they couldn't keep food fresh. Right. So they had, so they, they, they stabilized to last longer and essentially began to poison the uh, country. Mm-hmm. Ideally, uh, it's just interesting stuff for me to figure yeah. out. I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. You know, it's so another thing that I noticed uh, when I was over there is they do have shopping carts, but nobody uses them. Hmm. They use the little baskets because everybody shops for one day. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, when you see people in the grocery store, they're literally getting what they're going to make for dinner that night. 
It's interesting. Uh, and then the refrigerator, you know, uh, I, I was bouncing back and forth through a lot of hotels, but ultimately ended up renting a house while I was over there. And the refrigerator was tiny. Wow. Uh, and, you know, just just and this was a this was a large family home. This was not a little like, you know, one or two bedroom apartment. And it's because, for just that reason is they don't the whole concept of we're going to shop for two weeks and have all this shelf stable stuff around the house. That's completely alien to them in, in a lot of European countries. Totally and although I mean, you see you, you certainly see, you know, European countries certainly have their share of, of health problems. And uh, obesity is a worldwide epidemic, but I, I it, if you know ground zero for that epidemic is most definitely the United States. Oh, no question about it. It's, it's actually become absurd here, and I try not to be too judgmental about it. What I try to do is just educate folks on what I've learned thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and maybe ten percent of people actually hear some of it and maybe adjust some things. Uh, it's something as simple as hey, stop drinking soda, just opt for the water. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's it can be baby steps. It, it absolutely can be baby steps. You know, and when, when people say, "Well, it's expensive to eat healthy," I say, "Well, how much does a, a glass of tap water cost compared to a Coke?" You know, well, you, how you about keep, this? I mean, <laughs> I I don't know if you you subscribe to like uh, intermittent fasting, but now you're cutting out one meal out of the day, and mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for that. So you can pay for the other. Like, what do eggs cost? Yeah. Yeah. And, and eggs are, you know, eggs got a bad rap for a while, but you know, eggs are actually very healthy and eggs are a regular part of my diet. Yeah. I mean, I, I eat eggs a lot. Actually we have a one. So I live in, I know that you're in the, you're in central Texas somewhere, which is probably <laughs> filled with farm animals, but in New Jersey, <laughs> I live in a more rural quote unquote mm-hmm. place. And I have a woman brings me eight dozen eggs every week on Wednesdays. Awesome. So, and she's like, feed, she's like, she tells, she's like, tell me about what she feeds the chickens. I'm like, yeah, I don't. Whatever, as long as they, these are fucking delicious, just keep them yeah. rolling. And I pay five dollars a dozen. She delivers yeah. eight and forty bucks a week. But I eat. You know, we go through in my house four or five dozen eggs. You know, a week. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's you know, again. It's eggs got a bad rap for a long time, uh, and now we we've come back around to to realizing that that eggs are an important part of somebody uh, somebody's diet. You know, especially in that. You know, the, the whole good, good cholesterol, bad cholesterol. Yeah, that's a real conversation. But, you know, do, you know, the fact that that gets missed oftentimes is that uh, a healthy person needs uh, cholesterol in their diet, especially, you know, I, I'm on TRT. Uh, I, I got to the age where I had to go on TRT. So I don't need as much cholesterol because I'm not making my own testosterone, but you need cholesterol. Cholesterol is the cholesterol molecule is the backbone they, on which your body constructs testosterone. So you need, need cholesterol. It's a, it's an Very important part of your diet. Yeah. It's so cool, man. This was, I'm just learning. So I'm like, I'm, I'm excited about this portion of my life because I'm finally seeing the thing. I mean, and prep meals, they're coming with brown rice and chicken. I'm like, I, how is this not happening when I'm moving along here? <laughs> and all of a sudden I start cutting out carbs, sugars, and, and almost every single processed meat and food that I can ever come across. And I'm like, you know, here we are six weeks later. I'm like, I look different. I'm, my belts don't fit anymore. I'm like, this is amazing. And yeah. if you'd see me, you'd say, you don't, you don't look like you're out of shape. But in my mind, I'm not comparing myself to everybody else. I compare myself to me. So yeah. I know where I want to be versus where I'm at. And, and, you know, and we live in a day and age too, where uh, you can go on the internet, you know, e- even if you don't know how, basically, even if you don't know how to cook and, you know, you don't, uh, the, you know, the meal, some of the meal prep, might be a little bit pricey for some people. We do a uh, uh, home chef in my house. And I, I also eat some, some of the freshly meals as well. Uh, 
Um, if, if you're priced out of that, you can go to Google and type quick, healthy chicken recipe. And you'll find something on there that's healthy and takes you like 15 minutes to prepare. And then you just go to the local supermarket and buy, buy some chicken breasts and you can make that. And like you said, like, 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 um, naturally raised chicken versus hormone antibiotic infused chicken. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there is a difference. I don't know. I I don't know of any specific studies, specific long-term studies that have really borne out, uh, you know, what the difference is. I can tell you that I, I taste a difference, you know, when I'm eating, uh, farm raised organic chicken, to me, it just tastes better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the processed chicken, uh, or I won't say processed, but you know, you know, the, um, industrial ranch, industrial farming raised chicken to me has a much flatter taste to it. And, uh, it's, and I just don't like it. You know, I, I, I like, I like a, a good organic farm raised chicken. I like the way that it tastes. So, uh, you know, it, it intuitively, you know, with, without having evidence in front of me intuitively, I, you know, nature knows, you know, nature took millions of years to figure this out. So, you know, us saying, oh, we're going to, we're going to pack chickens into, you know, they're basically can't even walk. We're going to pack them into these barns that are, they're so absolutely packed. Then we're going to force feed them antibiotics and everything else, uh, you know, and, and, and possibly, possibly manipulate them through other chemical means to, you know, to have, bigger, uh, bigger breasts and everything else. Uh, obviously that's not what nature intended. So that's probably not ideal for us to ingest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just in, intuitive again. And without, without having a specific controlled study in front of me. Now I, I will we'll go back a little bit to your bio and I'm guessing, obviously you're talking about being in Poland recently, and I'm guessing that you went over there to support Ukraine and the efforts there. I'd imagine. I did. Yeah. I went over uh, with a, an organization called Save Our Allies. I got um, on a Sunday morning, I got a text message from my buddy, Tim Kennedy. I knew you were going to uh, say that. You know, we had Tim at our conference in 2021. Yeah. Tim's a great guy. Great yeah. guy. Uh, always looking to do good. Very self selfless individual. I love the not guy. Selfish individual. Yeah. Everybody who knows him does. All of Tim's haters don't know him. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing they all have in common. Uh, but uh, Tim sent me a text message. He said, hey, we're putting together a medical team. Didn't say, would you volunteer for a medical team? He said, you know, can you put, you know, feelers out, you know, uh, you know, no implication at all in the text that, hey, I'm specifically looking at you to volunteer for this. Um, I had already been, you know, watching Ukraine on the news, uh, wondering how I could possibly lend a hand. So uh, it took me about 40 minutes to get up the courage to have that conversation with my wife. Uh, It took her all of 10 seconds to say, yeah, of course you're going, you know, don't be ridiculous. Um, went over there with Save Our Allies and, uh, you know, spent most of my time on the Polish side of the border, did have some excursions into Ukraine, uh, you know, both, both to, to, to find out the situation on the ground and to, and to, to participate in, in giving some humanitarian aid. But like I said, I was over there for uh, right around five or six weeks, uh, all total, um, really heartbreaking what's going on over there, but also uplifting in a lot of ways. You know, you see how strong the human spirit is uh, in the form of the Ukrainians and you see how giving people are in the form of the the Polish people, even the Polish government and people from around the world. You know, I, I could, I could run through a laundry list of stories of people that I met that are just real heroes, people that, that uprooted from their life and livelihood. Uh, you know, uh, one guy, the guy who's running, basically running, 
the the Medica uh, border crossing point is a young man from Germany who uh, threw a couple of uh, portable pack-up tents, uh, a generator, and a teapot in his car and drove from Germany and just drove to the border and you know got there and uh, and went to work right away using his skill set to help people uh, set up uh, to provide field kitchens and, and, and everything else. And, uh, you know, sanitary facilities and everything. And, and since he was one of the first people there and he's so motivated, he, this 24 year old guy basically has ended up being like the mayor of this little de facto town that is formed at this border crossing point and all up and down the border, all through Poland and all through Ukraine, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of stories uh, of people like this, who've, who've just, saw this on TV and said, uh, I need to do something about it. It's, it's my responsibility as a human being to, to participate in this and, and do the right thing. And, uh, really touching just, uh, you know, it, it, it gives me hope for humanity is what I tell people, you know, especially you look at all the garbage, uh, that's, that's spewed on social media. And, and I've been guilty of that myself. And then, and then you see these people that are there, just, just doing good, you know, regardless of borders, regardless of language, regardless of religious affiliation or political affiliation, they just want to help people. Yeah, I, I, I certainly uh, feel like my soul aligns in that. And I've been sending money nonstop because I can't leave. I have four little children and I wasn't in the military. And, um, you know, I, I just but I know that I can help in some way. Actually, a very good friend of ours is Ukrainian and he asked mm-hmm. for some stuff and this is not a humble brag or anything like that, but I was like, well, we're going to send him much more than he thought he was going to get from me. And he's like, Oh my God, you didn't have to. I'm like, no, 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 I, I do. Because for me, I can't comfortably sit here comfortably and say, I'm not doing anything in the life that I live. And one is just at a very minimum freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are continuing on with life here going to Nashville next week with the crew, like to go party with everybody in my office. I'm bringing, we're bringing 17 of our office members here. Not everybody could go to Nashville to, uh, for a Christmas gift. And, you know, I try to conceptualize what the fuck is going on over there and what Mm -hmm. it must be like to be going through something like that. And I think people here literally have lost touch with the susceptibility of what that would feel like if it came to our territory and shit gets real, real fast. And, I haven't lost sight of that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do my own self-mental preparing and some obviously physical preparing, but I guess this leads me back to your bio question. Mm-hmm. Tell them why you were the qualified guy to go over there and, and provide the aid and assist. Um, uh, as I said at the beginning, you know, I, I, I went in the army uh, two weeks out of high school. I raised my right hand. I shipped off to basic training, uh, infantry basic training at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, I did my first four years in the military in the first Ranger Battalion as an as an infantryman in an anti tank uh, section uh, in uh, Savannah, Georgia. And thought thought I might want to get out and be a civilian. Thought I wanted to actually can uh, pursue a career in law enforcement. So uh, got out at the end of my tour, but I stayed in the National Guard. Uh, I worked as a corrections officer during that time. Uh, I I actually tried out for Savannah PD. And then right after I took the, the, the written test, the, the, the PT test and did the board, they announced a hiring freeze. Oh, wow. Um, and I might ended have dodged up... the bullet there, Mike, just so you know. <laughs> uh, I, well, I mean, it definitely would have changed. But, you know, they, they say if you're happy with your life now, you know, you should never regret uh, any, any of the twists and turns in the road previously. So I don't regret that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I moved to 
to Statesboro, Georgia. I worked for a few years as a corrections officer. I was in the Florida National Guard in the 20th Special Forces Group, got mobilized for Desert Storm, Desert Shield, did not deploy, uh, but finished, finished, formally finished my training to become uh, a special forces engineer sergeant uh, or demolition sergeant, as we're called, uh, stayed on active duty, went to the seventh special forces group. I was involved in, uh, in heavily encounter narcotics in uh, primarily in South America, but also in Central America for about an 11 year period. And at, at one point decided I wanted a, a different challenge. I went to the special forces medics course, became a special forces medic. Uh, ultimately I was a, a special forces intelligence sergeant on a team. So the, the second highest ranking, uh, NCO on a team, uh, when I had finished my undergrad applied to medical school and I was actually in the medical school application process when nine 11 occurred, uh, and then got, got picked up, went to the uniform services, university of health sciences in Bethesda, Maryland, did my four years of medical school, did three year residency, uh, military medical residency in San Antonio and emergency medicine. And uh, got picked up uh, for the Joint Medical Augmentation Unit, which is uh, part of JSOC at Fort Bragg. And it's basically the tier one special mission unit, medical unit, uh, directly supporting uh, all, of the, all of the cool JSOC organizations that, that make the cover of Time Magazine and they make really cool movies about. So uh, basically got to, to be back supporting the people at the tip of the spear, kind of almost feeling like I was an operator again. Uh, and did that for six years and uh, retired as the chair of emergency medicine uh, at Fort Hood, ultimately, because I knew that I wanted to get back here to Texas. And, you know, this is where I wanted to put down roots. I'm originally born and raised in California. Don't hold that against me, but uh, knew that I wanted to to retire as a Texan. And, and also, this is where my kids were. So uh, came back here. And uh, since I've retired, um, I've worked, worked clinically for a while. Didn't really do it for me. Um, uh, started working as a SWAT physician, working in the tactical medicine realm a little bit more, uh, to kind of get, get back what I felt that I had lost after, after leaving JSOC and, uh, and scratching that tactical itch a little bit. And that's, that's, what's really led me to, to having a little bit of a reputation in the law enforcement community, that, and the fact that, you know, I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I work with guys like Chad Lyman and Jay Wadsworth and, at, uh, Jay's a good friend of ours. Yeah, you know, Jay's amazing. And, yeah, you know, we're, yeah. We're so, I, and I think that you, uh, you guys, did you do a podcast with uh, Adam Hadari as well? Uh, he posts. He does police fitness nutrition. I don't think so. Okay. I think that's. Uh, it, I've done so many podcasts in the last year. I have a hard time keeping it straight. You know, I've I've gotten emails from people saying, "Hey, man, we want to have you back on," and I got to look up. I'm like, uh, I don't really remember who this person is. You know, and I, and I don't say that like you said. I don't say that as a humble brag, but. Uh, my, my marketing folks for when I, when I published my book had me, I, I was literally doing like two and three podcasts a week, but I, I don't think that's one that I've done. Yeah, so but. Jay will actually be doing uh, he's actually working on his course for, for us right now, nice. uh, a 10 hour in-service classroom on use of force. Mm. Um, so we were, he's Excellent. probably about halfway through his program with our, with, with us and, I, and Jay's a great guy. I mean, what, a, what we just had him on the podcast recently, as a matter yeah. of fact. You know, on, on that subject, in case we don't get to it later, I want to say, cause I know a lot of your listeners, obviously, because of the name of the podcast or law enforcement. Um, if you ever have a use of force incident and you need uh, a medical expert to come testify, um, you know, my email is doc at drmikesimpson.com. That's, you know, D-R-M-I-K-E-S-I-M-P-S-O-N.com. Uh, don't hesitate to email me. And if it's a case that I'm comfortable uh, talking about, you know, specifically if we're talking about vascular neck restraint, joint manipulation, 
um, thing, things of that nature. I, I'm more than happy to to talk to your leadership. You know, I, I've I've done conference calls, you know, with uh, organizations who are talking about uh, prohibiting specific um, controlling moves, specific positions. Uh, you know, prohibiting things like vascular neck restraint. I've done video conferences with uh, with local municipalities and and leadership at various organizations to explain to them why these are actually safe techniques when done properly. Um, I'm happy to, I'm happy to get on a witness stand to be deposed uh, to talk to get up in front of a city council or in front of a police chief or police commission anytime. So don't hesitate to hit me up. It's awesome, man. It's so cool. What's your website, Mike? Uh, so I've got a couple. So drmikesimpson.com. Uh, I'm not really using that for much other than it's uh, it being the first thing that people find when they Google me right now, uh, which happens quite a bit, <laughs> uh, especially when I argue with people uh, online and they accuse me of, they'll, they'll, they'll call me, they'll, they'll say, okay, doctor, and they'll put it in quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> like that somehow, somehow is taking away my medical licensure because they put it in quotation marks, but everybody's uh, a tough guy behind a screen. I'm totally. Telling. Oh yeah. I could tell you, I, I had an interesting interaction with, with a, with an Antifa individual yesterday, uh, that basically resulted in him threatening to, uh, to sabotage the book reviews on Amazon and call the chief of staff of the hospital where I'm credentialed and everything else. Uh, but I, which I could give two shits about, but graybeardperformance.com is, uh, is the website that I primarily use for, for my business, Graybeard Performance, uh, which is my life and lifestyle brand, but you can contact me through either of those two websites. Um, you know, I do get emails from both of them. Uh, so, you know, either one is fine if you need to get to contact me or if you want to, want to look, look me up a little bit, they both link to one another. So you can see everything about me. So at 56 or 57, 56, 56. Yeah. Just turned 56 last month. Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) What does the, the mission look like going forward 56 on Mm -hmm. what's the intention and the purpose for, you know, uh, the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. And so my overall, my, my long-term goal, my beyond 30 year goal is I want to live to be 104. Okay. Uh, cause I said when I was 52 years old, I feel like I got another 52 in me. So that's what I committed to was 104 years. Um, I want to, I want to spread the knowledge that I've gained through my time as an operator, my time as a physician, the research that I've done. Um, I want to help, you know, we, we really are in a situation now where you know 50 really is the new 30. That's 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 not just a saying. And you know, I, I want guys like you, guys like me, guys like uh, you know, you know, guys and gals like like your listeners to realize, you know, you work hard, you slog through it, and you get to the point in your life where you're comfortable, but you kind of feel like, you know, they're always saying, you know, you hear phrases like youth is wasted on the young and things like that. And you can have all that. You can have your cake and eat it too. You know, you've you worked really hard to get where you are. That doesn't mean you need to check out. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, keep keep living. You know, keep being active. Keep doing. Keep being a savage. You can do all of those things. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, what really inspired me in when I first came in when I when I came in in 1984, um, it was rare for for somebody to do beyond, uh, 20 years, you know, these sergeant sergeants major that you would meet, or these, you know, these high ranking officers that you would meet who did like 30 years, they were like unicorns. They were almost unheard of. Uh, 
you know, you did your 20 and you got out and, you know, you, whether that was taking a job on post, you know, teaching somewhere or starting your own business or going to work as a, as a law enforcement officer or uh, postal service or, or in a factory, whatever it might be. Um, but people going beyond 20, that was rare. It was like, you know, people, it's like, all right, I made it to 20. That was the finish line. And the global war on terror really changed that. And what we saw was, was nobody wanted to get out in the, in the soft community. Anyway, nobody wanted to get out, you know, and you had, you had operators fighting to stay on teams, guys deliberately, deliberately sabotaging their promotion packets. So they didn't get promoted, uh, off of a team because they wanted to keep deploying. They wanted to stay in the fight and they were doing it, you know, because, because in the two thousands, we started to finally get a firm grasp on a proper fitness program, a proper nutrition program, proper supplementation, uh, you know, hormone replacement. Um, we started to see, especially in the tier units, you started seeing, you know, operators in their late forties, you know, kicking indoors, you know, placing breaching charges, uh, you know, keeping up with guys, you know, uh, you know, in their early thirties. And this was not, a, it became a not uncommon thing. And that was really inspirational to me because, you know, I, I was going back, I went through med school and graduated med school as an intern at age 40. Uh, so by the time I got back to the soft community, I was 43 years old. And uh, as I talk about in the first chapter of my book, uh, my, my last deployment, I was 48 years old uh, doing eight kilometer movements in some of the most rugged terrain in Northern Afghanistan uh, with 19 year old Rangers and going on targets and getting into firefights. And, uh, and I could do it, you know, because, because I did it smart, uh, and, and people can do this, you know, it's, and I'm not saying, you know, you, you know, that's that, that is the yardstick that, you know, you're, you're in your forties and fifties getting into firefights, but it might be you're in your forties and fifties, you know, doing a Spartan race, doing, doing an Ironman, you know, doing, doing something that really interests you and gets your, gets your blood pumping, um, gets you off the couch and keeps you healthy and keeps you engaged because as you're keeping physically healthy, you're also keeping mentally engaged and you can have a lot of longevity. So I, in answer to your question, I want to spread that message. I want to be an example to people. I want to live. I want to, I want to talk that talk and I want to walk that walk. So that inspire others to do it, inspire others to have longer, healthier, not only, not only quantity of life, but quality of life as they're living it as well. And that's my mission. I also want, as long as possible, I want to stay engaged, supporting guys like you, supporting guys in law enforcement as a SWAT physician, uh, as a de- defensive tactics instructor, uh, providing uh, you know expert testimony, to providing guidance to to local departments, uh, whether that is guidance in in their tactical medics and how they should be doing business, or or what are the safe and sane things for officers to be doing when it comes to defensive tactics. You know, I, I, some of the most enjoyable classes that I give to my SWAT operators is when I talk to them about diet and nutrition, you know, I, you know, I love teaching them to put on tourniquets and chest seals and do casualty carries and all the other stuff. But the thing I know that they're really going to get something out of long-term and they're going to possibly even take back to their family uh, is, you know, when I give them classes on, you know, Hey, this is how much protein you should eat every day. This is how many glasses of water you should be drinking every day. Uh, these are the supplements that you should be taking. Uh, so, to, you know, to me, that's just really worthwhile. And I want to continue to spread that message and spread that knowledge and share, share the knowledge that you, the taxpayers, basically gave me over a 32-year military career. So it's, it's time for me to continue to be a force multiplier, even as a civilian, and to, to share that knowledge back to all of you. It's awesome. 
I recently, obviously, you live in Texas. Uh, there was an article that came out. I don't know if you're familiar with it that the Texas Highway Patrol is now implementing some discipline for what they quoted. Is this the the waist size thing? Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. overweight and out of shape troopers uh, yeah. who actually, according to their standards, are passing their physical agility exam. Yeah. But um, you know, and I know where people's first thoughts go to like this is this this is too critical. You gotta mm-hmm. let people be the way they are, but. I'm hoping I don't know much about the program, what they plan on doing, but also educating as mm-hmm. to why it's important. So there's probably more to it than what the news is actually uh, articulating. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I really am somebody who's an advocate for people to improve. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I find myself bashing my head against the wall because I'm so eager for people to know what I know. Mm-hmm. And because I'm finding so much joy and pleasure and so many unlocks in life and the stuff that I'm doing that I'm like, Hey guys, like don't fucking drink soda, right? right? Hey guys, like you know that eating ice cream is called a sugar bomb, and like it is like if you could just <laughs> forego that shit, like it'll just be better. And you know if you if you do an hour a day in the gym, that's an hour less in the future at the doctor's office when you're you know you can go now or you can go later as an old person. And then by the way, totally. guess what? You don't really get to choose things on your terms as an old person because you've got to go with whatever your insurance covers, mm-hmm. and you'll be sitting there in pain and misery the whole time. Yeah. So that's how I'm trying to live my life and just pass along that message. Yeah, it's it really is. It's pay now, pay later is what is, you know, one phrase. And the other one is choose your heart, right? So, you know, you can choose your heart. Your heart can be sweating and breathing hard and, uh, you know, just feeling absolutely spent in the gym doing, uh, doing a, a hard workout, or it can be sweating, breathing hard, feeling absolutely spent as you collapse in a movie theater, clutching your chest from a heart attack, you know, 10, 10, 15 years from now. So I'd rather be doing it in the gym. I mean, that's, that's just me. Um, I did. I, so I, I made a social media post today. It was actually a repost that I've done before um, showing two hearts, one, uh, two hearts that have been taken out of, of, a, of, of a chest of a human chest, one uh, relatively healthy, the other covered in fat deposits. And that was ultimately, it's a long story, but that was ultimately the post that made me have to leave Twitter uh, because not because Twitter was censoring me, but because what I call the comorbidity mafia was basically coming after me with torches and pit for, pitchforks and accusing me of fat shaming and a lot of other things, even though I specifically said in the post, I'm not fat shaming. And here's why I'm not fat shaming. Um, they didn't care. They came after me. Um, and I've re- it got a lot of traction on Twitter, which is how it got their attention. Uh, and from time to time, it would get re- people had screen captured it and they were reposting it on Instagram. And finally, I reposted it not long ago, and then I did it again today. Um, and somebody in the comments specifically mentioned that DPS trooper waist size issue. And I, I haven't done a deep dive because, again, literally an hour ago was the first time that I heard about it. But just on the surface, just on surface level. You know, and you talk about, you know, it's, we talk about the fit fat, right? The people that they, they, and, and I was a fit fat person. So let's, let's go back in time to, uh, late 2019. I was a fit fat person, right? I, I was, I, I unbeknownst to me because I hadn't been on a scale, I weighed probably right at 200 pounds. I'm only five, six, mind you. I weighed probably around 200 pounds. I went to a four day course with Chad Lyman and Jay Wadsworth and, Every day I was on the mat, I gave up my lunch hour every day to do full-on pressure testing rolls, jujitsu rolls. Uh, and I, I held, you know, I was taking Motrin, but I, I made it through. I was the oldest guy in the room 
And I was the only non-police officer in the room. And I made it through that four weeks to become uh, to get my certification as a, as a C4C instructor. And uh, I felt great about myself. And I took a day off. Uh, and then after taking a day off, uh, I went out to my garage and I have a 30 minute uh, full on kickboxing routine that I do that involves basic sprawls. So basically burpees uh, in between. It's a high intensity 28 minute cardio workout. And I did that high intensity 28 minute cardio workout and I kicked its ass. I'm like, man, I am in amazing shape. I feel so good. I went and I took a shower and I stepped on the scale and I'm like, oh, this scale has to be. And it said 197 pounds. And, uh, and, and mind you, this was after five days of intense work. So I, again, I was probably over 200 pounds at the beginning of that week. I'm like, no, there's no way this is right. And we got another scale in our house. I got on that same thing, 197 pounds. So I was a fit fat person. I was able to do all that stuff, but I was fat. And I'm like, this is not sustainable. You know, knowing what I know about the human body, knowing what the, what I, what this meant about the fat deposits on my organs, about what my arteries probably looked like. I had to do something about it. So to those DPS troopers who are exceeding that waist size and say, Hey, what the hell? Like, and I don't know what their physical requirement is. I'd have to look into it. Yeah. You can probably do it, but think of this as the difference between a, uh, a semi-trailer going 55 miles an hour with uh, the back compartment completely overloaded, as opposed to that same semi-trailer going 55 miles an hour with no trailer attached at all, right? Um, yeah, it, it can do it either way, but what's the strain that's going on your joints? What's the strain that's going on your cardiovascular system uh, that you're going to have to pay for later? So don't think about what you can do. Think about your longevity. Uh, you know, don't think about swimsuit th- season. Think about longevity. Think about your arteries, your organs. And, and, you know, this is, it might not seem like it, but this is actually the state and your department looking out for you 20 years after you've retired because, you know, they want you to, to set up those healthy practices now. Not to mention the fact that you're going to look better in your uniform. You do represent uh, your department to the public when you're out there. So you're just going to look better. Uh, not to mention the fact that you might have to go through, uh, you might have to go through a window or over a fence or something like that, and it's just going to be a lot easier for you and a lot better for you um, if you can slim down and get to your ideal weight. So don't don't say ah, I can do it. And and honestly, again, not knowing what their physical test is, maybe it's easy. I mean, I I was I was able I when I was in when I retired from the United States Army. Uh, it's, you know, a two mile run is what you do as part of that. You do a two mile run or you do uh, two minutes of push ups, two minutes of sit ups, and then you do a two mile run. And people would say, How much do you run? I say, I run four miles a year. I run two miles for my PT test. And six months later, I run two miles for my PT test again. And I was able to pass, you know, and, and this, so that's it, it, it obviously is, in my opinion, the Army PT test was not a hard enough test which they almost remedied and then didn't, uh, you know, with, with the ACFT and they finally, you know, caved to peer pressure, uh, and made the ACFT easier, which is a shame because I took the ACFT a year after retirement. I had somebody get me all the events. I had my coach administer to the test and I got a 501, uh, on it, you know, in, in my mid fifties, uh, you know, after retirement. So, so, and again, I don't know what their test is. 
you know, may, maybe it is legitimately hard, but even if it is, don't be a fit fat person because it's, it's in the long run, it's just not good for you. Mm. And I think people are living for the now and not realizing they're going to have to pay the piper later on. Yeah. You start crawling up 50 plus. I'm watching it. Uh, I come from a very, very significantly unhealthy family and I'm watching it. I'm just like, literally, I've got tickets on this and I'm like, it's not going to be me. That's for sure. There's yep. no like as long as I can help it outside of terminal, unfortunate illness or some kind of um, unfortunate series of events in my life that may cause some kind of physical damage or mental damage. Mm-hmm. I'm playing for the long game now. Yeah. You know, I'm, and uh, I got to tell you, I feel fucking better than ever. Um, yeah. And I, I told my wife the other day, I said, I honestly feel better at 40 than I do at 21 than I did at 21. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I, I feel amazing at 56. The only thing that I have an issue with right now, uh, I actually, uh, uh, in about an hour after you and I sign off, <laughs> I have to go to a doctor's appointment. Uh, I'm going to have to have surgery on my right hip from a, you know, a lifetime of putting miles on it. I was going to say, um, yeah, rucksacks and all that and, shit, right? Uh, yeah, rucksacks. And it's my right hip, so it's my power hip, right? It's the knee that I take uh, on patrol. It's the foot that I plant to get power when I throw a punch. Uh, you know, and, and everything it's, you know, it's my power kick, uh, in fighting it's everything. So, uh, it's the time has come to pay the piper on that. I was told about three years ago that I was going to need surgery. I was able to put it off for about three years, you know, and then I got told, uh, about nine months ago, Hey, you're getting closer. you know, when it becomes a quality of life issue, that's when we're going to pull the trigger on surgery. And it's now become a, a, a legit quality of life issue. I've had, I have more, I have more bad days, more bad hours in a day than I do good ones. Uh, I'm still able to, you know, I still work out four times a week. I have taken a break from Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, because it was, that was specifically aggravating it, but I'm going to get this fixed and, and I'm going to do my rehab and I'm going to be right back at it. And I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm telling my surgeon, don't give me the hip. You think a 56 year old should have, give me the hip. You think a 36 year old should have, mm-hmm. because that's a level of, you know, I'm still, once I do my rehab. We have, uh, you know, I'm medical director for, for a local SWAT team and I do the same physical test that my medics do, because I think that's, you have to leave from the front. I think that's important. So I'm still going to have to climb that wall and do that shuttle run and, and drag that dummy and, uh, and jump through that window and everything else. So I want to be able to do that. And I want to be able to set the example. And so I, I want a hip that's going to, that's going to allow me to do that. And that's the hip that I want. Um, but like you say, it's, I, I worked really hard. You know, I, I had, I, although I loved it and I wouldn't trade change trade, even a second of it. Um, there were some hard days in my 32 year military career. Um, and now I want to reap the benefits of that and not just by sitting on the couch and watching TV or sitting, you know, sitting in a boat and casting a fishing pole. Although, you know, if that's your thing, Hey, that's your thing. Um, but I want to be able to go to the range and, and, pass my knowledge on to others and to continue to gain more knowledge. Cause there's things about shooting that I don't know that people have found out. And then, you know, there's things about fitness that I don't know that I'm learning all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm only a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I want to be a black belt someday and that's going to happen. I'll be, and I'll be in my, you know, my, my early sixties probably when it happens, but it's going to happen because that's the life that I want to lead. And, uh, you know, not sedentary, counting down the days, just waiting to die. That's, that's not a way to live, you know? No. And it, you know, you, 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 the first part, half of your life is earning that second half. And the second half should be about doing whatever it is you want, you know? And if, if you want to sit on the couch, fine, 
but you know, may, maybe that's not what you want. And, you know, I, I, I tell everybody, you know, even if you just want to relax and fish or whatever, have an exercise program, uh, so that you can fish, you know, for decades instead of just a few years. Mm-hmm. That's real good. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not on the road anymore. I have uh, retired and I come to an office every day and mm, office is big enough. The bathroom's far away, get some walking in, but I'm recognizing that sedentary behavior is actually worse than smoking. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, I believe it's a proven fact, right? uh, There was an, uh, I don't know if it's a book, but I know there's been articles written with the title sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe a little bit of humble brag here. I am very proud that I work out powerlifting twice a day. Awesome. Um, Try to get in seven days a week. And I always tell people when they're like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm like, well, because I've decided I'm going to do that. It's not, it's not like something like some God came down and spoke with me. I mm-hmm. just started having revelations of how do I do more? How do I accomplish more? I'm even toying with the idea of working out three times a day. It's going to be a little difficult because I've got a lot. I'm not making excuses, but I've got to really try to figure out how I'm going to piece that together and where there's time in the day. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, you got to take, give your body a break. Like, you know what? No, I don't. I feel fucking great. I wake up with a fuckload of energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just start my day with a cup of coffee. I, well, I meditate, have a cup of coffee. Um, it's a new hack. I was timing where my coffee is going to be during the day. I, re- I just like black coffee. I, mm-hmm. Like, dude, I don't eat like nonstop, you know, but I love a black co- like a good black coffee. Like it's like my favorite dessert. Well, you know, I, I tell people there's so much margin for error here too. Mm-hmm. So I try to explain to you, like, if I'm working out 14 times a week, I essentially could miss four days and still have 520 workouts in a year. Right. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, four sessions. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves me margin forever. Like today, I was just texted before we got on this thing that, hey, we're going to my uncle's house tonight. I didn't get to see it today. I screwed my day up. Can you come? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to work out tonight. But I'm going to tell you, I will work out tomorrow. I worked out this morning. Uh, and I'm going to work out, you know, every single day until something else comes up. That's, yeah, that's, that's you know, uh, and, and I preach about that. I talked about it on my podcast this week. I didn't, and and the previous week, I did not work out when I when I was over in Poland and Ukraine. And and I don't, uh, I make no excuse for that. It's you know, I knew going over. I basically had, uh, uh, I went with a backpack. I went with four sets of clothes. Yeah, no workout clothes. So you know, I had the the shoes that I was going to wear every day. Uh, you know, and I I was in a situation a lot of times where it's like. If I do, I want to break a sweat, knowing that I'm going to have to wear this set of clothes again in a in a day or two. You I know, uh, probably not. You know, and pl- and I was staying. Uh, some of the hotels that I stayed in, stayed in were basically hostels. But again, if if I would have made it a priority, I could have got up 30 minutes earlier. I could have done planks. I could have done air squats. Uh, you know, I, I could have done some push ups. I could have done some burpees. You know, you can do that. I've I've been in hotels that don't have gyms. And I've been in hotel hallways doing body weight exercises. Sure. You know, you know, you can, you can do that. Uh, you know, with my, my hip, you know, running isn't, isn't really an option anymore, but you know, there's other stuff that you can do. And, uh, at the going into the, the end of last year and the first part of this year, I was doing my four strength and conditioning works out workouts every week. And then I was going to a Monday, no gi jujitsu, Tuesday and Thursday night, gi jiu-jitsu. And then if I had time and energy getting in another one in there, not to mention what I was doing on the second and, and third Wednesdays of every month, which is which was SWAT training. So I was getting quite a bit of physical activity. And I know, oh, by the way, when I go to uh, jiu-jitsu at night, 
I go to both the beginner class and the advanced class. So I'm, I'm really getting two workouts in. So on those days, I'm getting three on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I'm doing a, a strength and conditioning and two jujitsu classes. Um, and again, I, I'm not doing the jujitsu now because uh, I'm trying to give my hip a break, but I will get back to that again after my rehab. And that's the schedule that I'm going to be doing, you know, a, a minimum of four strength and conditioning workouts. I always try to do, I don't like to take more than 24 hours off. So I will typically I'll rest on Saturday. And then Sunday, I'll do something brief. I'll get up before everybody in the house is up and do that 30 minute, uh, you know, hit routine, something that's pretty short, uh, but I can get a really good sweat, get my heart rate up, burn about 500 calories. It all adds up. Yeah. And by the time I'm, by the time I'm getting out of the shower, the rest of the house is getting up and I can go, you know, go grab breakfast for everybody. We like to have a, a big family breakfast on Sundays, uh, which in Texas usually means some amazing breakfast tacos or some, you know, I, I love migas. So, you know, we go get migas, uh, something of that. And, and, you know, I don't deny myself, you know, during the week I, I try to eat really clean and I don't go crazy on weekends. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give myself a little bit. Um, but it, it's not, you know, that's the big thing, the big problem. I saw a meme about this not too long ago. It was like my diet during the week. And it's like, it's, um, you know, the, 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 the horse, the drawing of the horse that, you know, it's a really good drawing. Here's my diet during the week. Here's my diet on the weekend. And it looks like a third grader drew it. Um, I don't do that, you know, but I will let myself, you know, go out and have, even when I have a restaurant meal, I get this, I get the smaller filet. I don't, I don't feel that I need to get a 20 ounce steak. That's, that's not, you know, that for somebody my size, you shouldn't be eating that much, you know, or I'll get a, I'll get a salmon filet and vegetables. I don't load up on pasta. I don't have the, the big loaded baked potato. I don't have the, the Oreo shake, uh, at no. Applebee's, you know, yeah. you, you don't have to, just because you're eating out, there's always, there's always healthier options. If you look for them, even yeah, even if you go to McDonald's, you can get a grilled chicken salad or a grilled chicken sandwich, right? It's not, is it as healthy as something that you would make at home? No, but is it the healthiest option if it's, you know, late at night and you're out on the road driving from point A to point B? Yeah, you know, you don't, just because McDonald's was your only choice doesn't mean the number one combo uh, with an apple pie to finish it off is, is what you have to get. You can, you can make healthier choices on that menu. One thing that I think that you and I both share is, and I was picking up on it and people in here actually know that I, I recognize this so well that they are very, very careful and tiptoe around <laughs> something that I am uh, very adamant about. And I try to give this as a good piece of advice to everybody. And again, I know you know this already, but a lot of people here are younger in my staff and they're looking for advice on life and to really watch the progression of how people have really blossomed. It's very, very rewarding for me. But I always advise people that recognizing excuses is probably one of the most important skills to possess in life mm. and namely mm -hmm. your own. Yeah. And you know, you were doing a fantastic job of like, I know I could have, I know I could have, I do it too. And it even makes it hard for me to explain things because when you start to understand what an excuse looks like, mm -hmm. my friend did it, my best friend and I were talking this morning and he messaged me something after we got off the phone because I love him. He's, he's like, you know, he's like my brother. Um, and he said, I know I sounded negative, da, da, da. And I go, no, 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 you didn't. Because I'm a positive guy. I said, you know, I'm probably a little jaded because I live now live in a little more of a sheltered world. <laughs> and I have probably lost touch a little bit with the things that you guys are experiencing in the field. But my job is to not sit here and, and, and cry and bitch and moan with you. My job is to lift your spirits and remind you of the good things in life and to give you the training and 
and information that you need to be successful at this career. That's yeah, it's it's difficult. It's always been difficult. Uh, it just appears more difficult nowadays because of social media. But recognizing excuses is one of the most powerful tools. And when you can consciously start to uh, acknowledge what those look like, oh, they're amazing, right? You know, people today, somebody said, "Well, it'd be really hard to find somebody who was good." I go, and there's your first excuse. <laughs> really hard and impossible are two different things. It'd be impossible mm-hmm. for me to fly to the top of the uh, Empire State Building in Manhattan 40 minutes from here. I can't fly physically. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not impossible to think that I could climb it one day. That's a reality. I don't want to. I have no mm-hmm. interest in it. I'll express that. But so recognizing what excuse sounds like, uh, oh, I, I see, you know, we see people around here misbehaving with food. Oh, it's one of those days. I got to have this. Do you? Yeah. An excuse? Yeah. You know, is that an excuse? I feel, ah, I'm feeling a little sluggish today. You know, I don't know. Maybe I will just work out tomorrow. I mean, I'm telling myself, I'm like, you are, you, sir, are a bitch. You want to look this way. You want to this and this, and you want to feel this way. And you're going to sit here and you're not. Sometimes it's like 7.50 at night. I'm like, Oh, who the fuck wants to work out at seven? I go to bed, Mike, at like nine forty-five. I mean, I'm in bed. I'm in, I'm panicking if my eyes aren't closed by ten thirty, <laughs> right? If I'm not sleeping by ten thirty, I'm in a straight panic because I wake yeah. up five thirty. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. I don't get and, up that uh, early, but but yeah. I try to get to bed early. Seven yeah. fifty. I'm like, you know what? Get the fuck up and go downstairs and put forty minutes in, and I'll do it. And I'm like, this sucks, but at the end, you know, I f- I'm just thankful that I did it three days later. I'm like, I'm yeah. glad I I'm glad I pushed myself. Yeah, I, I've I've never walked out of the gym sweaty, going, God, that was just such a colossal mistake. I know. <laughs> I, I, it's very good. N- never never happened to me, you know. And I, and a couple of things, a couple of things kicked off my mind. You're talking about is, you know, we talk about uh, a fat shaming, something that I've been accused of, falsely accused of. Uh, what people forget is is fit shaming is is a real thing, and what fit shaming stems from is uh, or, or or one of the things that will get piled on when they fit shame people is uh, they'll br- they'll bring up average, right? You know, well, the average person is this. This is what's, a- you know, you're, you're holding people to unfair standards because the average person, okay, that's average, but it's not normal. Okay. So don't, don't get it twisted. Don't confuse average and normal. The average person is obese. The average person is overweight. The average person is not in good health, not in good shape. That's not normal. That's not a normal state of being. That's just average because that's what we become as a society. Right. Um, uh, I think it was about uh, maybe about 10 years ago now, <clears throat> maybe even longer. There was a, a woman that that posted uh, a picture of herself and she was a, a fitness influencer. I don't think we were using that term back then, but she posted a picture of herself in a in workout attire or a swimsuit. I don't recall which with her kids. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm X years old. I have, uh, you know, four kids, five kids, whatever she had. Um, I work out this many times a week. What's your excuse? And she got crucified on the, by the media. And what's funny is I read some of the articles, uh, of people, you know, basically crucifying her and they said, and those articles were filled with exactly what she said, excuses. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I have this and I have this and I have my own business and I have this and I have, those are all excuses, you know, and Jocko yeah. Willink says all of your excuses are bullshit. That's why I don't make, you know, I, I, I gave you the, the reasons, you know, which are actually excuses that I didn't work out 
you know, during the month of March and their excuses. And I recognize that I, and you know, bottom line is at the end of the day, I did not make working out a priority. You know, I was making other things a priority and every day I was recognizing that, um, you know, it's, and that's, that's the first step to making change is, you know, like, and you, you illustrated a great point too, is, you know, saying something is hard is not, this is not at all the same as something being impossible. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And in this day and age, things are a lot more attainable than people realize, you know, resources, you know, Google body weight, you know, body weight exercises, and, and you'll, you'll see body weight exercises you can do in a relatively confined space uh, on the road or anywhere else uh, to get in shape. You know, you can, you can Google nutritional tips. There's so much free stuff out there. Uh, when it comes to fitness, whether those are YouTube videos, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of fitness apps that if you get in, if you don't even don't even get the paid version of the app, you can get it relatively cheaply. You know, what, what is it you are spending your money on that you could instead be spending it on, if not a gym membership, just buying yourself a couple of kettlebells and subscribing to the Softlead app or subscribing to the four pillars fit app, you know, the Tim Kennedy is associated with, or one of these other apps. There's a ton of them out there. And I've thought about doing my own, uh, that you can subscribe to, and they'll give you a fitness program that you can do. And your phone's going everywhere with you anyway. And let's be honest, you're already spending too much time on it on social media and on news apps and everything else. Now you can use it for something positive, you know, and that's on my home screen. All of my fitness stuff is on my home screen. My, you know, when I'm tracking my macros, my, you know, the chronometers there, my in-body assessment is there. My, uh, I'm using, I was using true coach. Now I'm using coach RX through OPEX fitness, which is my, where my coach works and where I work out. Um, my, my zone app is right there on my home screen. It's all right there. All my important shit is on my home screen, the signal app, because that's how I do, uh, you know, communications when I'm overseas and how, how I do communications with the, the members and the leadership of my SWAT team, uh, all of my fitness stuff. Uh, you know, my, my, uh, the, the podcast, Apple podcast app is right there because, you know, that's what I want to hit when I get in the car, you know, my Apple maps is on the home screen. All your important shit is on your home screen. So, you know, we talk about, and you talked about earlier about how you are, who you hang around with. You're also who your home, what your home screen is. So look at what's on your home screen. And that's going to tell you a lot about what you've prioritized in life. Uh, and, uh, if you look and it's, you know, it's, uh, if your home screen is is open table and DoorDash and a lot of other shit, uh, maybe you need to rethink your life choice. <laughs> Mine just has Pornhub on it nonstop. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, At least you're honest. <laughs> uh, well, I'm married with four kids, of course. Yeah. I'm honest. Um, <laughs> the uh, the one thing I want to say is quoting Les Brown is do what is easy and life will be hard. Do what mm-hmm. is hard and life will be easy. Yep. So yep yep yep. But listen, Mike. What, uh, what else do you want to promote? I know you're on Instagram. I, uh, what else do you want to get out before we end this podcast episode here? Yeah. Uh, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, Dr. Mike Simpson is my handle with a, with a DR, not doctor spelled all the way out. Graybeard performance. I'm really trying to build a following around Graybeard performance. I took a long break in posting on that Instagram account and I'm really, uh, through the next portion of this year, I'm, you know, the last three quarters of this year, I'm really going to kick myself in the ass and and be more active on my Graybeard Performance social media account and also with my marketing to get the life and lifestyle message out there 
and to get my supplements into the, into the hands, into the bodies of the people that can benefit from them. I have two supplements in my supplement line now, longevity formula, energy formula, vitality formula is going to be launched this year. And ultimately I'm going to have seven supplements in my supplement line. Uh, so you can look for those to be rolled out over time. Uh, I, I, I just, you know, and, and buying my book on Amazon honed, and please, if you buy my book, please write me a five-star review and and just write a sentence of why this book was was good for you because uh, that helps others decide if they want to want to follow down that path as well. But um, I want to use my knowledge for good, and uh, it, that's I'm saying that with full knowledge of the fact that I am an asshole, and uh, and yeah, I act like an asshole to people sometimes on social media. But you know, please don't take it personally. Um, you know, I I do if if we ever meet at the gym. Uh, if, uh, if you're ever pulled over on the side of the road, uh, I I'm the type of person that'll pull over and, and help you change your tire. If you're ever in the gym, I'm going to, I'll give you a spot, give you some encouragement. Uh, and if you ever need anything, man, I, I answer emails from podcast listeners and from social media followers all the time. I'm always happy to answer those emails and it makes me feel good when I can make a difference. And, uh, you know, even if it's just a small difference in somebody's life. That's awesome. And, um, what an honor. It is to have met you today. And uh, the I, honor is you, mine, sir. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for coming on to this podcast and doing this and sharing some wisdom and knowledge with the law enforcement community. It goes out to a lot of people. We have a 330,000 subscribers to the podcast. So, wow. Yeah. I, it's, dude, I, I was like toying with it last year. And then, like, they, they brought the numbers in, and I'm like, what? What are you, <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? They're like, yeah, no, uh, we got like, at that time, it was like 110. I'm like, oh, we're, we're literally dicking off with this thing. That's and I awesome. said, all right. Well, if we're gonna, yeah. that, you know, now we're gonna, now we're gonna go, we're gonna triple threat this motherfucker. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm recording two, just like I work out twice a day. We're doing two podcasts a day. Uh, just keep it going because people are finding value. I don't want to deprive them that value. I want them to continue to see, feel like they're getting value. And today, this afternoon, we'll have a a guy for a part two series. He was a police officer in uh, Massachusetts near the Boston area who was shot six or seven times point blank in the belly. Wow. Wild fucking story. So his first, he's now a speaker. He's going to speak at our conference. In what, what's his name? His name is Mario Oliveira. So okay, I was thinking it's not, there was a, another guy uh, was shot six or seven times. I don't know which that I was on the tactical breakdown with, but I don't think it's the same guy. Um, were you with guy from Texas? Yes. Uh, was it? Um, I have to go I, back I and look. Was he, was he a rural Texas cop? Yeah, uh, older guy. Okay, yeah, no, so it's a different guy. This, this, hard, this guy is hard as Superman's kneecaps. Oh, I know the guy you're talking about. The guy you're talking about was uh, Office of the Attorney General was serving a warrant. No, it's another one. There's a, there's a, let's face facts. There's a wow, fuckload of guys yeah, who it's crazy shot in line of duty. Many, yeah, how many times it's happened? Yeah, this guy tells a crazy story. It's wild. Actually, if you go into put his information into, um, into YouTube, he's got real cool videos to watch about him and this doctor who worked on him and the doctor then died and met somebody like a, it's a wild story. I think they did like a like a 30-minute episode on it. Pretty sharp wow. shit. Yeah, he tells a great story too. So it's part two of him this afternoon. And uh, people wrote an answer to that. They're like, yo, I was fucking crying during that. I'm like, well, yeah, it's a imagine being the host of the goddamn thing. And this guy's telling you about what he went through. And I'm yeah. the compassion that's pouring out of my body. But yeah. Um, Mike, it was a pleasure meeting you, man. I, I you know, I hope that you don't forget about us. I will not. Uh, all right, appreciate it, man. Maybe in a year and I we reach out, maybe sooner, who knows? Um you know, we're just like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You're that guy who works out <laughs> twice a day. 
All right, man. Yeah, man. Hey, anytime I, you know, and, uh, you know, and I, any, anytime you need input uh, that I can, you know, provide, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Well, I think there's always going to be something. I'm sure that we're going to get in touch again because we do have a a course that's taught by a a medic um, who does a tactical medicine course. Um, And it's, it's a really, really beneficial course. This guy was same thing, special uh, in support of special forces, flying combat, 75 combat missions in Afghanistan. He's a a paramedic and a paramedic instructor in the, uh, we have all these guys uh, that are, that have come forward and want to help. So I'm sure at some point we'll be reaching back out to you to see if you want to collab with us and do some cool shit. He's a really, the guy's name Sean Barnett. He's at Oklahoma city. Badass. What, yeah. what? Yeah. He's a great guy. My neighbor around the corner actually was me uh, thinking about it. He is a uh, urologist uh, and a surgeon here, but he's also a, I believe he's a general now in the army. Oh, no he's, shit. He, he's attached <laughs> to a unit. Um, He looks like David Goggins, this motherfucker, right? Like he's, <laughs> he just like, he's like my, my Goggins neighbor. And yeah, he has been deployed. I think he did like nine deployments because he's a he's a uh, you know a, a field surgeon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and him and his brother, so they're twins. Actually, Google their names; they'll come up. They've been like Doctor Oz and and all sorts of shit. Um, oh, so that's his name, awesome. yeah, he's he's a he actually just gave me a flag, bro. We're actually having it mounted. Um, that was it was an American flag that they had from Afghanistan. That he came back. He brought like a, like I don't know like six of them back, and he brought one back for me. Very cool. And it has like its whole dedication to it. It's really tight. I was like, nice. I was like so fucking pumped to get it because I'm a, I'm a goddamn patriot. You know what I mean? That's badass, man. That's awesome. Hey, man. Have a good one. Stay safe out there. You too, brother. Have All right. See you.